And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the High Side Hustle. My name is Jordan Wojcik. Alongside me is Adam Rubray, as usual, Chris Graham, our producer. And somewhere here is the one only Captain Scotty Deal. And boys, uh, a Sunday night High Side Hustle edition here. And, uh, yeah, we got a lot of racing to talk about. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. What a week, yeah, what a week of racing. I agree with you. There's some serious amounts of great racing, no matter which track of which series is pretty much everywhere. Absolutely here, boys. And uh, let's start it off last. Uh, let's get right into some of these results here, because there's a lot that went down here. We'll go all the way back to last Saturday night to refresh you guys. But I think it's worth noting here, if we talk about last week at Olympics uh, with the uh, Lucas Oil Dirt Late Mall Series, where it kind of kicked off everything before the speed week. And Kyle Larson going out there and whipping everybody. And I'm not talking about by a little bit. I'm talking about by a lot. Kyle Larson out there winning by 15 seconds over Devin Moran and Mike Parler. But, Adam, I mean, it just goes to show Larson that he's looking for Barry. He already got two wins starting out here in 2021. Yeah, he has looked extremely impressive. And when you say by a lot, he took everyone to the goddamn woodshed. Yeah, by no, I mean you're not taking, you're not joking there. I mean he absolutely listens by going out, taking to the woodshed, and just going. All right, I can still win out here in a late model, and uh, on a track that got super slick like Alltech normally does. I mean he did show that he can drive in just about everything for that fifteen thousand dollar payday. He should. Sure I mean, and he was super smooth all night. Yeah, absolutely. So. As we'll move over now to Monday night, which opened up uh, the 45th annual East Bay International down at East Bay. And it started out here with Turbo, Tyler Herb, picking up the win on Monday night over Brandon Overton, Brian Shirley, Josh Richards, and Kyle Bronson. And it just started out as kind of Turbo was one of those guys that was there all week to start. But it seems like each night showed a different story. Uh, down at East Bay, and it just it just changed with the tide, like it always does. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's another one. He's been super fast, right out of the box. Uh, other than the whole incident the other night. <laughs> well, well, we'll get in that here. I believe that was on coming up here on Friday night. We'll get in that here. But uh, Chris, I mean, it will bring you into the show here. But I mean, what a uh, what a start to the week here for. Uh, not only Larson, but uh, Turbo, Tyler, good way to start the uh, East Bay Nationals on Monday night. Yeah, this one was a uh, – we had a fun weekend. I mean, I don't know. You get late models, sprint cars, modifieds, and one of the biggest sports car races in the world all happening within a couple hours of each other. There, It was Nirvana for race fans. Oh, my Absolutely. God, Chris, is that you? I, I can only see your head. <laughs> it's me, Yes. Oh boy, this is gonna be one of them streams, ain't it? Oh, <laughs> oh. oh god! There's a pounder. I knew we had it in him. I knew we had it in him. Oh, boy. All right, everybody. For those of you just tuning in here and not joining in on the whole party, anytime somebody drops a really crappy music lyric, that's the drinking game for the night. So, something tells me Adam's gonna kill us, but. Leave us a comment in the uh, in the comment section here, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, or you can tweet us too at highside underscore hustle. 
uh, also <laughs> at the NRN TV. Make sure you get those out of the way. But yeah, boys, where do we start? Do we start with the late models? I mean, you talked about it a little bit, but the Might modifies well were pretty darn good out there too for the uh, short track super series. Might as well. Actually, I just gave you Tuesday night's rundown. I completely skipped Mondays. We'll just go in order here. The week where it was Hudson O'Neill picked up the win on Monday night. That was my fault there, folks. But Hudson O'Neill over Brandon Shepard, Brandon Overton, Devin Moran, Earl Pearson Jr. And uh, good, a good way to start the week there by Hudson O'Neill. New team, new car, and goes out there, holds off the strongest late model in the country right behind him in Brandon Shepard. But you know, he really had to do a good drive job to be able to hold off Brandon Shepard there. There were just so many yellows in that race. So they just could not get going on Monday Night Pig. No, they really couldn't. And it's a shame because the racing was great when they were racing. I mean, you know, it, that's the thing. You, you pray for, for green long green flag runs, but sometimes you just can't get them. And it sucks. Yeah, they were struggling with that a lot, is that they just could not get that long green flag run going throughout the week, and it took a little bit of time for them to finally get that green flag run going, but unfortunately, by the time they got it going, they were just out of laps. So, as now we'll look on, as I said, Monday night, or Tuesday night, was Tyler over Brandon Overton, Brian Shirley, Josh Richards, and Kyle Bronson. Now, Wednesday night got rained out. Um, I believe that's the same system that rained out Bubba's on Wednesday night as well. So they ran Wednesday night's feature after Thursday night's feature down East Bay. And Stormy Scott goes out there on a rubber down track and holds on for his first career Lucas Oil late model win. And he had a whole lot of probably the best in Florida. Uh, multiple wins down East Bay. He's so hard to beat down there. But Stormy did the right things to get a uh, hold off uh, Kyle Bronson and T-Mac Tim McCready in order to get his first career Lucas Oil late model win. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, not to change the subject here, but USAC Racing just posted that Hayden Reinbolt will compete on the full Knox Energy Drink National Midget schedule for the first time. Okay. Not to change the subject, okay. but I, no, I, I just I was scrolling through to Twitter and that was the first thing that popped up all of three seconds ago. So I'm sure that's breaking news for whomever it concerns. We are breaking news. That is fantastic. We are perfect. <laughs> that, that's why we love you here, Pay Keeping the perfect stories, finding the scoop. Love it. Well, that's hey, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't, I didn't get a chance to see a lot of the the late model stuff. So you're more up to up to speed on that than I am. Other than you know, the casual scrolling through through Twitter. I did see the the Larson absolutely to the woodshed. But other than that, I didn't see a whole lot. Other than what you snapshotted me and occasionally oh, like if there was a highlight video that was yeah oh my god the parking lots yeah <laughs> there were, there were good days there this week here. anyway uh Sorby scott picked up the, his first career win over kyle bronson t-mac tim mccready frank ekinus jr and brian shirley and then in the second feature on thursday night it was josh richards rocket man go out there picked up his first win of the season the cliff boy racing number 14 over Brandon Overton, Hudson O'Neill, Brian Shirley, and Devin Moran. And Overton pick, has the uh, orange spoiler going for him right now. And uh, he's really starting to find his groove here. I believe he's running for full points this year in Lucas Oil Tour. I think it probably is going to go down between him. Turbo's going to have a hell of a shot at this title here as well. I mean, there you got a couple guys out there. Hudson O'Neill, he's probably going to be one that's going to be fighting for this Lucas Oil title. Um, it, there's a lot that of things going to happen. Is- is Davenport? Davenport is, and I'm going to get into this too. Your defending champion, Jimmy Owens, 
not a good week at all. Almost everything single night, and same thing for Davenport, did not have good weeks at all. It seemed like almost every single night they were in the work area for something. They just had horrible weeks going. Yeah, and it's it's probably a good thing. I think the uh, Florida swing here at the start off the year, I think they only take the top, your best five finishes. So that might yes. come to help them later on down the road in the in the coming weeks here. Absolutely. If you crap the bed for four nights, though, does it really matter if they only take your top three or your top five? Well, no. Unfortunately, I think most of them they crap the bed almost every single night at East Bay, and you still got tomorrow. You still got two more nights. You still got tomorrow night and Tuesday night at Bubba's yet that goes towards your final point total here um, for the Florida Ch- Speedway Championship. Now, I think that's for that. I don't know if that counts in. To your overall Lucas uh, points, I think it's only for Florida Speed Weeks that they're counting this uh, the point the fast five races for. Something like that. Something like that. But anyway, but also on Thursday night we got to start off with the short track super series big block modified down at Bubba's Raceway Park. And let me let me say this. I was not sure what to expect at Bubba's. You know, you see some good races down there with the sprint cars with the uh, USAC Amstel National Sprint Car Series with the All-Stars. We've seen Lucas Oil put on some good shows down there. You know, we're going to see him down there coming up here tomorrow and uh, Tuesday night here, but not really know what to expect with the Northeast Big Block, especially with the Bob Hilbert Sportswear Short Track Super Series. And what a performance this series put on down there. I mean, you had a talent there of the best Northeast guys went down there. They picked up what? I believe 30 or sorry, were they, they were over 30 cars. And I think they were close to the 40, if I'm correct, guys. I somebody, believe uh, might've been like 40 something. Hold on. Let me check. If somebody in the comments down there, they have any, um, know what we're talking about here. If they remember a car count, but they, had, I, I will say like, this. I think you can attribute a lot of the growth in big blocks in the Southeast to what Brett Deo's done with the Short Track Super Series, where it used to be the the Super Dirt Car Series went to Volusia, did their thing for a week, came home. He's running down there almost twice a year when you count the Sunshine Swing in the in the spring, and then the Cajun Swing in the fall. There's a lot of money going out the door there for guys running big blocks. There sure is. But then we just have uh, said that they were. Go ahead, Pig. 47 or 46 modifies and 37 crate sportsmen made the trip. That is damn impressive. That is incredible to have that many cars go down there when Volusia, yeah, you would pick up somewhere around 40 for Super Dirt Car Series, but now at least the guys have some kind of incentive to come down early and race with Brett, get some good money out of it, and then you can either come home for the next couple weeks and kind of chill out or just be done with it. Or you stay down here, you're on Volusia coming up here in two weeks. I mean, I know that we're about a week behind on everything right now, so it's kind of weird scheduling. But still, I mean, to have 46 big blocks go down with you, and not even just big blocks. There were some guys running some spec ball blocks down there. Mm-hmm. And Okay, you just, you just hit the big one. My understanding is there were several cars that took spec small blocks that have no intention of running a spec small block with Deo all year. Mm-hmm. The reason is the, the 430 motor is what I'm hearing it described as. That 430 motor is what you have to run. It's not a true big block. It's not a true small block. It's that 
goofy open small block rule. These motors mm-hmm. cost a ton of money, and it's going to be the eventual, I think, linchpin that hurts the whole short track super series operation. Um, maybe, maybe not. I know. I know. I know. A couple of years that we were talking about putting together one of them open small blocks because we had a bunch of nonsense laying around the shop between heads and and a bottom end, but. We just never got around to it. But you, you figure, what, a, a good big block is probably looking somewhere around, what, in the 60 to 70 range. Maybe, if maybe a little less. I'm not entirely sure there. I know when we get when we would get a motor done from Lombardo, it would be like roughly 25, somewhere in that neck of the woods. But So just to make sure that we're we're doing the math here correctly, you can buy a brand new Chevy Corvette C8, or you can buy one big block motor to get you through half a season of Northeast Modified Racing. Yeah. Something. I could be a little off in in that price range there, but I'd imagine... If a 410 sprint car motor is going, a good one's going for anywhere between 60 and 70. I'd imagine a big block modified for the Northeast is right around in the same neck of the woods. We will get into that 410 motor here because something happened over this weekend here, and I think a lot of folks uh, uh, are interested about this. But we'll talk about that coming up here in a few minutes here. But anyway. The, the Baby Yoda. The Baby Yoda. Yes, correct. That that may save you this weekend. Anyway, let's get to the racing now because that spec small block, I think it worked on some of these slicked off tracks, but can we talk about that battle on Thursday night with Eric Rudolph and Matt Shepard and Stewie Friesen? Oh, my Lord. Were they? That was just some great, great racing for 35 laps uh, or 30 laps after P. Britain uh, completely just ate shit. Uh, I'm glad to see you all right going down the yeah, back straight right there, but. That was a bad one. Glad, glad yeah. he walked away from me. He went to Rich Galara, ate the rest of the week, and uh, was able to finish up the the week with you know. Hopefully, they got twenty one ready for down in Volusia. But still, um, after that, hats off to these boys for running thirty laps or clean and green after that incident. And at the end, it was Eric Rudolph hold off Superman, Matt Shepard, Stuart Friesen, Max McLaughlin, and Mike Maresca going on there. And with your top five there, so you got a, a pretty much an entire New York, um, main or main New York runners up there in your top five on first night here. But again, hats off to Eric Rudolph, hell of a drive to go out there and get the win on uh Thursday night, yeah, for sure. And he's he's been running really, really good the last couple of years, no matter where he went, and and, and it, it's paying off because he can throw haymaker slide jobs with the best of the best in the business. And it's really refreshing to see. Can we give the, the shout out here to the chassis manufacturers and the parts and components guys? I know we, you kind of glanced over it. That Peter Britton wreck was one of the most violent I've ever seen in a, in a big block. And, not just able to walk away, but able to co- to continue competing, basically. Different car, obviously, but I, that's just incredible. We talk about all the money that we're going to spend on motors. These guys are spending just as much on safety, so kudos to T.O. Bicknell, you know, all the chassis manufacturers and the parts guys, too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Great, great point there. Because, I mean, without the safety innovations that were made in that, Peter Britton would not be walking away from that. And that was just an absolute... 
Uh, it, it was a hellacious wreck. It was probably one of the worst wrecks we've seen, but there was one we'll talk about on Saturday night that was, I think, right up there with that bad. But again, it's one of those things where you have a strong car built and you spend as much money into safety as you do as going fast. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way it should be. I mean... Ideally, I, I would, if I were to ever field a race car, I would want to put more money in, well, hopefully put more money into the safety aspect of things. Cause... Absolutely. So we'll stick up Butler's on Friday night, where Stuart Friesen picked up his first win of the season in, a four, in the 40-lap feature over Mike Maresca. Great run for Mikey Maresca there. Third place is Eric Rudolph. Fourth place is Max McLaughlin. Fifth place was a Franklin Flyer, Billy Decker. So, again, you're looking at pretty much an old New York top five there. But Stewie Friesen, I mean, he just set sail on the field once he finally got out front there. But great job by Mike Maresca holding on there for a second-place finish. Yeah, absolutely. New team, second night out. It, I mean, it, it, you can, they're, they're already starting to gel. And, and he was he was running really great towards the end of last year, so it's nice to see the momentum that he built up for himself there uh, kind of continue over to this season so far. Absolutely. I wonder what's going to happen now that he's in that 12K car. If he's going to be doing a little more, if he's going to be doing some late model stuff anymore, or if it's just going to be strictly looking at the uh, the modified. That's a good question. Did he run a lot of late model stuff last year? Or did he just focus on the this? The I've never car? seen him the, a, the a couple times at Port Royal. I've never seen him uh, up there a few times when he could, and um, I, I think that kind of helped him out when the modifies went at the port and. Um, Kind of, kind of curious to see what he's going to do. I'm about to have him on the show and talk to him about that down the road here. Anyway, so also on Friday night, we kicked off the Ollie's Bargain All-Star Circuit Championship by Mobile One. Uh, they're uh, seizing out the Screven Motorsports uh, Park down in Screven, Georgia. And Don, Don, Donnie Schatz goes out there with the Ford Performance car and uh, kicks off his 25th uh, season on tour here. Uh, with a big win over A.A. Ron Aaron Reitzel, Sunshine, Tyler Courtney, Carson Short, and Sam Hayford Jr. And uh, Don Don, he looked so good on Friday night there. And uh, it, it seemed to be a pattern this weekend. It started out with Sheldon Honshield taking out the early lead, but uh, Donnie just ran him down there. And also Sheldon, uh, well, he got caught up in that first wreck there. Stepped on it. But no. I'll joke that. Looks aside, done super fast out of the box. As much as we all hate to see it, um, you know everyone hates a winner. But no, um, yeah, he's been he's I been super fast out of the box, and that guy, I love it. Well, yeah, that that Ford is humming. Him and Tony, they were humming out in uh out in Arizona. They looked really strong out there to start the season. They off did. At, uh, at the Wild Wing uh, Shootout, they looked really good, and it's just carrying over. It carried over to this past weekend down Screven. Absolutely, I believe Smoke set a new track record out at Arizona. But yeah, them them Fords, man, they've they've got them figured out now, and I, I think Donnie and Tony is going to be a force to reckon with this year wherever they race. I think you're going yeah, to see that win. Ford motor be game changing. But how about the other one that has the capability to be? to completely change the way we think about sprint car racing. Yeah. The Celsius is running motor. TRD motors. Built by, uh, that's way, a, that is built by Ryder, too. That's a Ryder motor in that. So so it's, kind of, it's sick and local here, boys. So if you got the money for a TRD motor once they're available, Ryder Racing sounds like they're going to have it there. And uh, 
It struggled on Friday night. They had troubles getting the B-Main, but then he looked so much better and so much more comfortable on Saturday night. Yeah, I, 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 he was he was really quick in hot laps and time trials on Friday night, and then for whatever reason, the heat race and the B main it kind of like fell down a little bit. But yeah, Saturday night that thing looked really really good. And somebody we'll somebody said Saturday. that the somebody said that the pricing on them TRD motors is actually going to be fairly competitive with. I mean, I don't know how true it is. I, that was just something I saw on the old interwebs. That's the other been night. the TRD model since they came into NASCAR. If you get a TRD motor, you're basically a TRD factory team of sorts. They give you a lot of support to make the motor affordable, and you're getting their engineering development people too. I mean, it's not a little change. Think about when Toyota came to NASCAR, what, 15 years ago, I guess, almost. They were not running at the front week in and week out in the truck series. Once they got their feet under them, holy cow. An affordable motor with huge engineering support, that could be game over for a lot of people. When they started out there, I mean, it was tough with them. I think, what, Michael Waltrip, he was one of the first ones. And I I think wasn't Joe Gibbs, like he was one of the first big teams to really kind of go or to move over to Toyota. And they've just been dominating ever since they went in Toyota. But I think you might see, actually, people are worried about this. There's a lot of people worried about what Toyota's going to do to the sport. I think it's going to help out if you're saying about maybe the cost effectiveness of this, Chris, because if it makes it more competitive, now we might be able to see, you know, guys like Don Don Ott or get that Ford motor, you know, or Ryder, you know, kind of be able to bring their costs down a little bit here and maybe make it a, a, a good engine war. So that way there you could see more guys get into it at maybe a more affordable cost instead of going out. You're still going to see how those guys drop 70 grand on the, on your best 410 motor or what have you. But this might help kind of maybe level out the cost. Maybe I'm thinking a little, you know, too, how do I say, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? Maybe I'm thinking a little too generously here at this and maybe on too much of the bright side, but I, I think this could actually be a good thing for the sport. Yeah, I think it could be a good thing for the sport too, but you're always going to have them like the old faithfuls of the sport. It's like, Oh, it has to be a Mopar or a Chevy or a Ford. Toyota's not American made, you know, that whole fucking bitch and complain from well, all getting, the I'm old heads out there. Thing. But like, it, uh, what I'm, if you, if you logistically think about it, TRD is actually more American made than most of these, the, most of the manufacturers to begin with. Right. And, and I think well, a lot of people don't realize that, but also the price point well, of it. Like if, if I can go out and spend say 40 grand on a TRD, that's going to run just as good as that $70,000 Ford or Chevy. I'm going to just buy two of those TRDs and call it a day. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. You, and I, I you think, add, you, know, a, you add another, you add another ten grand to that to buy two of them TRD motors, and you still only have one Ford or Chevy. Yeah, like, and it's and that's what I'm getting at there. If, is that if, could if that's what the, the price, price point now. is, yes, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, right now we're just still trying to see what's going to happen when. Uh, obviously, Christopher Bell is probably going to have it when he comes back spring car racing, whenever. Um, but still, I mean, 
I, I'm liking what Geo did so far with this motor. I mean, it was a pretty solid weekend to start it out, Chris. Yeah, and the part that gets me is TRD is not a develop it and forget it product maker. It's not like the no. 602 Chevy crate motor where, yeah, Chevy's going to put a little money into developing it, but it's not a priority ticket item. The only reason TRD gets involved in 410 racing is because they see other markets for that 410 motor. Well, it's not purely a marketing exercise like NASCAR is. There's, it's too niche of a market segment to develop a 410 motor just to put it in a handful of sprint cars. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I, I think they've seen what Ford has done with it with uh, Tony Stewart. And, you know, that, that Ford motor, I believe, is out for sale. So I'm hoping that, you know, some of these guys go up there, buy this up here. But, I mean, you're also going to have your guys going out there, your local, your local guys, and still support them. So it, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun over the next couple months to see what's, what's going to transpire with this new Toyota 410 motor. But – we saw some more racing going on down in Florida as we'll go back over to East Bay for the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series. And um, on Friday night, it was big, sexy Brandon Overton picking up the win over Tyler Bruning, T-Mac, Tim McCready, Devin Moran, and Shane, Shane Clan, the Georgia Bulldogs. So both of uh, Shane Clan's cars, Tyler Bruning and himself, they both made it into, uh, into the top five there. But Brandon Overton, again, the consistent runs that keep going for big, sexy here. Again, like I said, hold it on that uh, orange spoiler there. He's a leader of the points right now with the Lucas Oil Series here. And if that's consistency, keeps up here. We're looking, I think, at a dogfight there to kind of bring Overton to be the new uh, Lucas Oil champion here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, th- then again, like, it, it, are they going to dethrone the 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 Davenports or the Owens? Like, that's the big question. Well, if Jimmy Owens doesn't get his shit together, then yes, they are going to. But it's been not a good start for Jimmy Owens to start the season. It is a long season, my friend. Very long season. So, also, I saw the comment down there about Goulart and Stewie. We'll get into that in a second here. But another incident took place on Friday night between Tyler Erb and Mason Ziegler, where Tyler Erb got disqualified for going up. And I've seen worse happen in modifieds and late models and sprint cars and what Tyler Herb got disqualified for. But the rules are the rules, and that's what they want to play. They're going to play by it. But you also see that a couple other places on Saturday night then, you know, down at uh, Volusia, or not Volusia, at East, or God damn it, get it right, Bert. Bubba's, at, Bert. Bubba's, thank you. And also at Screven, there is, uh, you know, some – some good some things happening down there, which we'll we'll, we'll get into. Just but a uh, little bit. redemption a little bit. Redemption though on Saturday night for Turbo Tyler Herb picking up the win and blowing kisses to the crowd and I absolutely loved it. <laughs> are are you talking at Scriven, by the way, about the chicken wire fences by chance? Oh uh, my god. What, yeah, what? That's on on uh we'll talk about that here on a uh, little bit. Um, and when we get back to Screvin, I'm trying to figure out the best way to format this. But yes, uh, anyway, Tyler picks up the win on Saturday night at East Bay for the last night over Jonathan Davenport, Brandon Shepard, Team Act, McCready, and Hudson O'Neill. And uh, yes, let's move on now to uh, the chicken wire fences at Screvin on Friday night, where we saw 
Um, oh, who the hell was it that went up in the fence? Drivers using fire extinguishers that they're finding to put out their own cars on fire. It, at a certain point, when do we have this discussion that, like, if you're going to have the All-Stars, the Outlaws, Lucas Late Models, whoever it is, pay for a security or a safety team to come in there for the night? I don't care yeah. what your back gate and your front gate is. If somebody leaves on a stretcher or worse, it's the negative PR hurts you worse than that safety team ever could. Yeah, yep. and that's... That's a nice thing where you see, like, Dale, they bring down their own safety crew or, um, you know, yeah, that crew from uh, Knoxville, they come out and follow. Uh, I've seen them at Port Royal multiple times or whenever the uh, All-Stars are in there, come in here for, like, Tuscarora 50 or whatever. But, yeah, there's – you got to do better with some of the safety if you're bringing in a series to your track. Like, I expect it better out of Screven just because they have run late models there and how – they can get it up into the fence and t- take that damn thing down. But I also, uh, you know, you got to expect better out of these tracks, honestly. And But unfortunately, I think we're also at the point where if we t- get to uh, – how, how do I want to word this here? Like, uh, there's a lot – we're so lucky here in Central PA to have the tracks that their safety areas are top-notch. And unfortunately, it took some events to get to them, but – you know, we're so lucky, but not a lot of the other countries get to see this kind of racing, and they also don't have to deal with cars in the fence a lot, too. So I think that's one of those things where you really got to kind of look at, like, if we're going to go down south, you've got to know the risks that are going along with it. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, it, everybody knows the risk you take when you walk into a racetrack, whether it be a fan, driver, owner, crew member. I mean, heck, one of the announcers can somehow get hurt by just simply falling down a flight of steps somewhere. But like a, a lot of these tracks, they, they have to do better. Like, you know, if you see a, a loose board somewhere, fix it. You know, if you, you, you might not have the money right now to put in an actual catch fence, but save for it. You know, like it, it's real nice to see, I believe BAPS just finished having their, the, the catch fence put in all the way around which kudos to them for, for taking the safety initiative there. I mean, they're, they're slowly becoming one of the top-notch facilities in the, in the country. Well, not even slowly, pretty, pretty rapidly, actually. All right, Bert, I think we lost your mic, buddy. I muted so I could uh, cough and not get yelled at. Oh, well, don't forget. Well, to then turn you it started on talking screen, again, dumbass. Well, thank you. I, I, I you I forgot to turn it on, with, Chief. Uh, I, I accept that award with great pride that I am a dumbass. I've been called that for twenty-seven years, folks. Got to keep the streak going. <laughs> anyway, but uh, anyway, so yeah. So what I was saying is that Williams Grove. Lincoln, Port Royal, BAPS, they have all done a great job with safety and trying to improve that. And it got BAPS enough that this week they announced that they were finally getting their speed week race and everyone won it. So congrats, way to go, Alan Kreiter, Scott Gobrek, everyone, Colton Gauss, everyone at BAPS. Congratulations on getting your speed week race, guys. I cannot, cannot wait for that race coming up uh, in uh, July here. And we'll get into another one. 
after we get finished with these results here, uh, another 410 race is going to be happening in the scoop. Coming Don't up in you August. say it. Don't you say it. We'll we're say not, we're not even going there. We're not even going there. I'm not talking about I it. I know. But we got to give a shout out to him because I am very happy to see this happening. I am. And we're trying to be a train. We're getting on good terms. We're going to be on good terms with, with this track. I, I'm, anyway. I'm, I'm genuinely happy to see it, but. The schedule looks great, by the way. Uh, anyway, does. so. It does. Let's, uh, let's finish up with our results here. Anyway, last night, uh, back down to Scrap Motorsports uh, Park. Aaron, Aaron Reitzel, new team, new car. Same result with the All-Stars. He goes up, picks up his 37th career win over Kyle Reinhardt, Sam Hayperty Jr., Donnie Schatz, and Justin Peck. That fear wow. better be for Reinhardt and also Schatz. I know a lot of people went out there and said, oh, Schatz, you know, went up, got the, you know, from the B main after missing the scales. Uh, in his heat, had to go run the B after making the dash. Him missing the scales put Geo Selzy in the dash, and then I know it's it's a little weird that whole missing you know, the scales. Yeah, yeah. Are we Rain putting that one in big scales. fat air quotes? <laughs> missing the scales. <laughs> Come on, Albert. Hey, I'm just I I'm just saying what Blake was saying on the broadcast. That's all. I'm just going yeah. off my notes. Whatever. Let's, anyway. let's call it, oh, yeah. let's call oh, it what yeah, it please. is. He, he dropped some weight. Anyway. <laughs> and then so, put it back on. Whatever you want to call it. Anyway, so he was a hell of a show. But my mind to go out and see Kyle Reinhardt in the Quacket Bush number 91 car, go out there his second time out with the All-Stars in his rookie season, goes out, gets second place, and he was running down at Reitzel. If, that yellow, if they get that yellow at the line, I think we could be talking about, you know, a, a nice little battle at the end there between Reinhardt and Reitzel because Reinhardt was very fast at the end of that race. He was, and he looked really good all night, like really good. So hats off to him, and they got that team rolling. Yeah, they definitely found some uh, some speed in that car there, and uh, just hats off to them. And Justin Peck, too, um, you know, second night out with the Book 13, the Misfits going out, giving it his all, and goes out at a – a fifth place run there at uh at Scraven, so good for him. But uh again, what can you say? Aaron Reitzel, he just has the all star feel figured out, it seems like. But it, are we gonna be seeing is this a little bit of a precursor cursor of things to come here with him in that Roth car and seeing what he did with that Bachman car in the last couple of years? I was gonna say that's that becomes the interesting thing is how does that success translate to the outlaws? We know he's not running the full season with the All-Stars. He's going outlaw racing. Is Reutzel able to keep that going up all year? Well, Reutzel is good. Reutzel is a very, very good driver. And a lot of these tracks, he he has a good experience. And he has one of these tracks before. I think he has a couple outlaw wins out in the California area here. You know, he's <laughs> run so well, especially up and down the East Coast uh, with the All-Stars. He sees a lot of these tracks that the outlaws are going to go to. Um, it's very curious to see what's going to happen when they get into that uh, upper northwest or, you know, out in the, what you know, uh, California swing, you know, that Midwest swing where the all uh, up in the Dakotas, too, where the outlaws go, where the all stars don't. But Reitzel, we're probably looking at a top five points finish out of Aaron Reitzel this year in the outlaws. I, I really feel like I think there's probably at least seven to eight wins in there. Um, I think he probably gets a win in Pennsylvania too, because just because how good he runs out here with the All Stars, 
And um, especially again, Ohio, I could see him probably picking up a couple wins there. It wouldn't shock me to go out and see him pick up a win at Volusia either. Yeah, that's true. And, and Volusia's very wide open. You know, it, one hell of a racetrack, always fast, always puts on absolutely phenomenal racing. But uh, I think he's really going to shine in the Midwest. Thank you. I think he's really going to shine out in refreshments. But uh, no, I, I think he's going to shine out in in, in the, the mid middle part of the country, Ohio, you know, Indiana, definitely tracks he's seen before. I, I think he may struggle at other tracks throughout the country, but I mean, it's a long season. He's, I'm sure at some point he's going to have that, that lull point where you know, the confidence is down a little bit, but they'll find it because he, he's bringing over his crew, his crew chief from from the 87. So there, there's already a little bit of gel and, well, not a little bit, a whole lot of gel between them two. And then you, you put in, you're going from one top-notch ride to an even better ride, in my opinion, for the the, the, the iconic 83 car. So I, I, I think... They had that thing humming a lot, so I mean, I think it, it just was from one, one good ride to another. It it how how do I want to board this? It's not that the Bachman car is bad, but the all how do I say this without pissing people off? The All Stars are good, but the Outlaws are better. Plain and simple. I mean. It, it, and see, I, like I, I can see you squinting uh, over there. Don't hold it back. Come on, get it all out, buddy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, the, the All Stars doesn't have the field of competition that the Outlaws do night in and night out. In my opinion, I'll say that so nobody gets butthurt about it. Put that disclaimer in there. See, I, in my mind, I. I think it's it's pretty it's equal it, it's it's pretty close because the all stars are your kind of your weekend warriors the ones that you know you work Monday through Thursday and then you go chase the all stars on the weekend that's why it's such a nice series to run with and a lot of a lot of it guys is from Ohio it is and and, and and definitely nothing definitely nothing against it right but yeah and I think the level is just as good you got guys like Corey Lyson out there Justin Peck. Um, what else you got there? You got guys like, again, Kyle Reinhardt. He's going to be running for full points. Brent Marks, you know, what he's done the last couple of years on the Outlaws, now he's going to go chase the All-Star title here with uh, CJB Motorsports. Now that's going to be a pretty solid team going up there. Uh, and just, I, I, I just think that they got a, a two good – we got two good series going on right now, your national series. And I, I get what you're saying there. Um, but I, I think okay, the talent like, level, if you, if you <laughs> side by side, the talent level is right there with with the guys that are touring. Uh, yeah, this both this year, yes, and, and that's even with the exception. Yeah, that the, this year, I will one hundred percent agree with you. But years past, in my opinion, the, the Outlaws field has been tougher than the All Star field. But in I the agree. same aspect, like you said, the. The All-Stars are the weekend warriors, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while they'll pop in a midweek show, but it's not all the time. Where the All-Stars or, or where the Outlaws, I mean, sorry, are running three, four, sometimes five nights a week. Right. You know, like, I mean, yeah. like that. if, if you're going to race and you want to race 90 times a year, 
go out by racing. If you're if you a guy like us yeah. that can, yeah. If you're a guy like us, have a budget to do 60 races, then absolutely run with the All-Stars. They're, they're, they're both great series, but I think the All-Stars this year have the best field of competition than they've had in a long time. And that's even with taking Reitzel out of it. Well, and I was just going to say there is that a guy like Aaron Reitzel made that All-Star series a very competitive series and really helped put it on the map because, you know, you, you have a series here that never won at Williams Grove. They never beat the posse until Reitzel came in there and beat the posse with them up until a few years ago. So, I mean, yeah. it's guys like him that make that series better. Now, you have guys like Corey Eliason who has come in here, has done very well in Central PA. Put this, yeah. make the, a run the, at this the, the, the Reitzel and the, the Eliason... Those two came into that series and 100% made that series more competitive no matter where they went. And, you know, the same with, same with Donnie Schatz and the Outlaws. When Donnie and, and Gravel and now you can throw Sheldon and Chuhart into the mix, you know, those boys are on their game. And you, you know what you're going to get from them every night. Every night. Absolutely. Same, but, same, so, same with Eliason and Reitzel. Absolutely. So let's finish up last results of the of the weekend here. We'll go back to, over to Bubba's Motor, or Bubba, uh, Motorsports Park, whatever the hell they call it down in Ocala. And what a race this was last night between Mikey Goulart and Billy Decker, Eric Rudolph, Stuart Friesen. Again, Bubba lived up to everything that was that was just – it lived up to the hype. And James, Par James Parsons says down here in our comment section here, what about Stuart and Goulart? That was a hell of a battle there at the end there. In my opinion, it looked like Stu came down on Goulart and went up, pulled the wheelie, and then put it in a tire barrier going down to one. Again, back to the safety uh, aspect of these cars here. Phenomenal job. Building there was... very Stu was able to get out of that car and walk away. Also, Bubba's, you know, they're not expecting cars really to go up to that spot there of where the opening is going into turn one, but they have this, uh, the tire barriers there, so hell of a job by them. Um, safety aspect of the track there too. Johnny on the spot too was a safety crew there trying to you know help Stu get out of the car, and he was pissed. I mean, I don't blame him, but then again, and from what it looked like, he came down onto Mikey. That was my I, opinion. Anyway. I think they're both kind of at fault. I mean, hey Chris, turn your mic on. I, I, yeah, I say turn your mic on, dummy. I, I want to interject here just a second because Friesen's a NASCAR guy now, as much as he's the king of dirt in here in the Northeast, or one of them anyway. He's in NASCAR a lot. He's gotten the PR training. He should have gotten out of the car when they asked him what happened, say, I got to see a replay first. Mm -hmm. Don't run your mouth. Don't be a hothead. Don't post something on social media. Mm -hmm. You got to know what actually happened before you're going to run your mouth on something. Because at in a worst-case scenario for him, it was a racing deal. Yeah. yeah. Or, or a best-case scenario, I should say. It was a racing deal. In a worst-case scenario, he screwed up. And just admit it. Yeah, I'm human. I made a mistake. But don't go yeah, running like your mouth on something like that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, like, we're all, we're all human. Like, if you fuck up, own it. Like, 
I'm not saying that he did, but you know, there could they both have been at fault for that? Yeah. Did did Mike come up the track a little bit? Maybe. Did Stewart go down the track? More than likely. But either way, you know, like you said, Chris, watch a replay before you you go all hot headed on it and and ruin your reputation. I mean, I'm not going to say that he he's not going to lose fans over it. I'm sure. I mean. He's Stuart goddamn freezing for that matter. You know, he's and he, for for us modified guys, he's kind of like the our our hero for just just from where he's come from and where he's gone and where he currently uh, is, you know? Like <clears throat> everyone in that field wishes they had his were were in his shoes and got the race in the in the truck series, but you know, that that Hamar freezing racing deal, you know. How about the, money the other one that happens, supposedly? Yeah. I, I'm hearing somewhere between shenanigans and mild fisticuffs between Jimmy Horton, who I'm pretty sure Chuck Norris's mom had a one-night stand with Jimmy Horton, and <laughs> Matt Shepard. <laughs> like, I... Is there a guy in the in the pit area that you want to fight less than Jimmy Horton? Oh, uh, that no, no, you do not go after Jimmy no. Horton. He's such no. A badass. no, apparently Horton went after Shepard. Well, no, it's still, but he deserved it. You don't flip off Jimmy Horton. This is the man that walked out of a wreck at Talladega and said, "Get the back of car out." <laughs> yeah, my my favorite quote about that one was, "You know, you fucked up." when the first guy that gets to you after a wreck is carrying a beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But anyway, yes, if you don't know what we're talking about, folks, uh, Horton and Sheffer, they were just dogging each other last night at uh, during the heat races here. And all of a sudden you hear Chris Moore come out and say, uh, well, I believe uh, Shepard has given Jimmy Horton the one-finger salute. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, that is one thing you do not do. To Jimmy Horton. Jimmy Horton will come up there and probably kick your ass. And whatever happened in the pits happened. I mean, well, I'm not sure what all happened, but uh It sounded yeah, like I, Matt Shepard got his ass kicked. Well, I mean, you don't flip off Jimmy Horton. Simple <laughs> as that. It's like you don't what's a, you don't mess around with yeah, with that song Jim or Jim Croce wrote, uh, you don't mess around with Jim. It was met wrote about Jimmy Horton. Yeah. Oh. Drink game. Adam. No, that's a song reference. It wasn't a movie reference. Yeah, that's what we're going for. Oh, sorry. Well, anyway, there we are. Now, but that's a good one. You got that was a good one. You do not mess around with Jimmy. You don't mess around with Jimmy Horton. But either way, let's go back to the winner as we finally got a win for Pennsylvania here. Mikey Goulart picked up the win last night over Eric Rudolph, Billy Decker, Tyler Siri, and Matt Shepard and uh I tell you what, Mikey, he had the car to beat last night, and Billy Decker, he was giving everything he actually could last night in that race. What a hell of a a drive by Mikey Goulart to get the win last night. I I will say this. I am really looking forward to this season, both short track Super Series and Super Dirt Car. Mm -hmm. In years past, you had two or three guys who probably could win. Even in the last handful of years, it was Shepard or Freeze, and one of those two was taking the win. I think we legitimately could have anywhere from five to ten cars with a realistic shot at victory lane on any given night. 
Yeah. You're, you're talking damn near half the field has a shot at a win. That's going to be awesome to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Prego's been bad fast since he brought out that the Bicknell, I believe. Um, there was a couple other that switched from, from either T.O., Troyer, Higfab, or over to Bicknell. And for whatever reason, man, them Bicknells are wicked fast. Yeah. Yeah, Mikey Mareska had a hell of a week, too. He was looking strong all week long. Pouchy Jr., you know, I think last night was his worst, worst night, but he still looked fast all week long. I mean, there was a lot to see this past week. And you're right, Chris. I, I still think it's going to be hard to beat Shepard on both these series, between the Short Track Super Series and Super Dirt Car Series. It's going to be very hard to beat him just because of how good he is now. That, But also, you, when the Knights at Stu's not there, it's going to be tough to compete against him. I think, but I think we might be seeing a change in the guard where these guys are starting to get faster and faster, and they're going to find ways to go out there and beat these guys. And now I'm not saying they're going to go out to Florida and be a guy like Sue. You know, it's it's going to be hard to be him at a place like Volusia where he's been so good for so many years. But you know, we get in some of these tracks here up in the Northeast, like you maybe get Super Dirt Car Race up at Albany, Saratoga. Here you might go out, you might see Tim Fuller get the win finally over a guy like Shepard, or else you go to. A, uh, down in Delaware International, where she- or Georgetown, where Shepard or Stu is just dominate. Billy Jr. may go out there, get the win in the um, on New York, Melvin Joseph's uh, Memorial or else uh, Bassett the Beach or something like that. So, you know, it, it, we could be seeing a change in the guard here coming up here in the next few se- or next few years, I think, you know, with these guys going to get bigger and better. But this year, I don't know how you beat Shepard in either of these series. I think it's going to be really, really tough to beat Shepard. Eh, if he's on his game, I mean, not not saying that he's not. He's he's very meticulous the way he prepares his cars. You know, there's nights when he'll roll it out of the trailer and not touch it, other than to maybe put a new set of tires on it, because he's just that well prepared. It, it it's absolutely insane the amount of knowledge that ma- that man has. I, I think he also has an engineering degree, so I'm sure that plays a big factor into how he he does his things. But, There's a lot of you know... Like that, yeah. right, come on now. I mean, Scott Deal's an engineer. We can't really give engineers that much credit, can we? That's true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's uh, himself. So we're going... So yeah, we're going cap. there tonight. <laughs> Wait, Chris, what are you saying tonight? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, boy. Why? Anyway, uh, anyway, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be tough, I think, to beat them uh, guys coming up here. But I want to I touch on something here quick. Uh, back with uh, what we were talking about in the middle of the show here with uh, the track that picked up a 410 race uh, this season, uh, Big Diamond. August thirteenth, could picks up the. Uh, the They've picked the up a lot of stuff. Trophy. Yeah, oh, that's okay. Schedule is good. Can we? Yeah. Can I ask why? I know. I Big Diamond needs a four ten race. That that's a given. It's Nationals Week. Well, here's the thing. Chris. What it's it's for the guys that don't uh, that can't afford to go to Knoxville. I mean. Thank you. Guys, I'm pissed off ahead. because I'm not gonna be at Big Diamond to see it. Yeah. 
the four tens always put on a great race. Any sprint car race for that there for that matter puts on one hell of a race. But the one and only time that I'll probably ever get the goddamn chance to go to Knoxville, and they decide to put a four ten race at Big Diamond. Go fucking figure. But I I get it though because it kind of Seals Grove did this the last couple of years where they run the Friday night of the Knoxville Nationals just to give the guys uh, that run uh, that run out here weekly a chance to go run. I think Babs even ran Saturday nights. Uh, a couple years ago, I think that's when I think Macri picked up the win down there. They ran on Saturday night at the Knoxville Nationals, and it just gives the guys uh, and Lincoln. I think they or Lincoln they run Saturday night uh, of the Knoxville Nationals. It just gives the guys that are local here that wanna that don't go out to Knoxville a chance to go race. And I am super happy to see Big Diamond take advantage of that because that's an opportunity to get. You'll probably get because the girls not running, so you'll probably get thirty cars at Big oh, Diamond yeah. that night. Yeah, it's guaranteed. It, it's least, a decent I, it, payday. Yeah, it 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 pay it pays through the field. If, as, um, but if I'm right there, I think it's five grand a window or four to five. But still, that I think it's either awesome. forty five hundred or five. It does because not everyone has the money to go out and run Knoxville Nationals. I mean, yeah. It, you would love to. I mean, I think that should be on everyone's bucket list as a racer to, to go out. Who has who has the money to travel for, what, 15, 16 hours in a rig as a local guy now? 15, 16 hours in a rig with diesel, the cost of diesel fuel, and it's only going to skyrocket, and we're not even going to go into politics tonight, but the price of fuel yeah, is going to fucking skyrocket here. But... You, like, who has the money to do that shit? Other, other than the teams with a lot of sponsorship behind them. Right. I I understand all of that logic. Mm-hmm. I hope for the 410 guys' sake who don't go to Knoxville, I hope every seat in those grandstands is full that night at Big Diamond. Because they deserve that big show. That's my only worry is, is the sprint car fan from central Pennsylvania going to travel to Big Diamond to see the 410s on the night that the Knoxville Nationals are running? Well, you got to realize it's Friday night in Knoxville, so it's a hard Knox night. So it's kind of the night where you've you've already seen everyone run. Yes. And also, I think that people have been wanting a race at Big Diamond. Seals Grove, they've had this race the last couple of years, and they've gotten a really nice crowd out of Seals Grove on a Friday night for this race. So um, I'm not worried about the crowd. I think you'll get, pe- you'll get people from all over coming into the scoop and for this race here. I think your real kind of test on this is what the crowd's going to be like on April 23rd when the USAC National Spring Car Series are out there. That'll, yes, be your, was... that'll show you where Central PA will come up. And even though, yes, I believe the Groves are running Friday night, but you'll still have people running – are coming up to Big Diamond because it's USAC. And just like the same reason, you got people coming to Big but, Diamond because it's a four tens. But here's the thing. there I've seen on social media a lot of people from central Pennsylvania are going to Bristol. Yes. That, that might hurt the crowd at Big Diamond simply because of me personally, I would love to go see USAC. I'm a big USAC fan. I love the wingless oh, sprint cars. Cool. But in the same aspect, it's been 20 years since we've seen dirt on Bristol. People are going to Bristol in droves. <laughs> my hope is is that this show is good enough 
that it allows USAC to come in for a second Easter storm every year. And then we get Big Diamond, Grandview, Susky, um, Path Valley on the schedule. Because we're coming home Sunday early. We're going to Path Valley for that Sunday night show. I don't give a shit what we have to do. Mm-hmm. If we have to get you don't even have, we don't even have to. Be we don't even have to leave early, dude. It's like, I, I think when we looked it up, it's from from Bristol to, to where we live is nine hours. For us to get from Bristol to, to Path Valley, it's only like seven. Like, yeah, sign me up. We are going to yes. Path on the way home. <laughs> hey, there's a, there's another thing I want to talk about in this big diamond. <laughs> we got a Super Late Model show there, too. May 7th, the ULM, Zimmer Service Center's ULMS series going out there for three grand to win. And I've talked with a couple people with the uh, with some late model series here. And we get to see not only is there, you got the super show there, but you're also going to get a couple limited late model shows there. And there's a lot of people super excited about that, Chris. And I, I tell you what, just that, I'm big diamond schedule, you know, Jake, Jasmine, yes. yeah. Casey, yes. everyone out Definitely. there, hats off. I, That's off. There sure. are some very, very cool things coming out of coal country. And yes. there is. I, I think we're starting to see the gap close a little bit where I, I've, I'm an Eastern Pennsylvania guy, have been almost my entire life. Mm-hmm. To me, State College is Western Pennsylvania. Port Royal is Western PA. And it's really not... We're seeing the gap close between Central PA, Eastern PA, and New Jersey. Between Big Diamond and Bridgeport, every weekend of the year, you could go to both of those tracks, Friday and Saturday night, and see something off the wall insane. You still have Grandview as an option. You still have New Egypt as a very good option. But we have two tracks from from Harrisburg East, we'll say, that are trying to do some of the things that BAPS and Lincoln and especially Port Royal have done in terms of increasing fan amenities, diversifying the show. I don't know that there is a better place in the country to see dirt racing right now than in Pennsylvania. No. Uh, outside of, no. Outside of uh, Iowa, I, I mean, what they got going on between Knoxville and Houston's, I mean, I, that. Houston's is in South Dakota. And Jackson, too. Well, I'm um, that Midwest region, you know. That yeah. Kind of where you got well, Jackson. yeah. You're talking ten hours potentially. I mean, it's a long drive. It's eight from right. Des Moines to Minneapolis. Right. So, but what they're doing out there is is almost the same thing between the fan amenities, the racing, the schedules that they're putting together. It's it's the only closest thing in the country that you're going to see to what potential PA is doing. You get what I'm, you get where I'm at here now. Yeah, it's. It's kind of interesting because the traditional hotbeds of California, Texas, Florida are, I will say, definitively losing ground to the Midwest, to the upper Midwest and the Northeast. We can't ignore places like Orange County that they might not be dumping as much in terms of amenities into it, but they also have, it's sort of the charm of the old place. Yes. A lot of around the country, we're seeing racetracks go out of business. I mean, hell, West Virginia Motor Speedway is coming back. That place looks incredible. Uh, we need yeah. to get there. I mean, that place looks so badass. <laughs> the racing they're going to be putting up there this year. Uh, uh, that's what I think one that we would, I think we got to try and find a, a date to go down there. If not this year, next yeah. year, try. I hope that would be just to see the uh, 5 8 again. I mean, I know that they're going to be ripping down there, but still. 
oh, the place, it, it just looks beautiful, the amount of work that they've done down at the West Virginia Motor Speedway. Uh, let's yeah, let's not I, forget on that subject that there are things that they're also doing for media members, and it's not all fan-facing, but mm -hmm. the safety aspects that we're seeing the improvements for the competitors, we're seeing a lot of benefits for media members as well, that they're making it easy for us to come to them. That's yes. something that even the micro tracks in our area, they're going to have to start doing. This is not the old days of we have a racetrack, so people are going to come see us. You have to make life easy for everybody, whether that's how you're going to time the show out, when you're going to advertise the show starts and all that kind of stuff, even to making things work nicely for media that want to come cover you. The game is changing, and we're seeing the tracks that are most accommodating are the ones that are benefiting. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. And Chris, while we got you on here, let's let's uh, have you talk about You know a lot more about this than Adam <laughs> and I did. I got to watch a little bit. The Daytona 20, the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Coming down the last five minutes and you are within a half a second at Daytona prototype. What? 23 and a half hour, or 23 hours and 55 minutes and you are within a half a second of each other? What? Uh, yeah, the... I will be the first guy to say that I think the modern sports car endurance races have become a little bit too reliable. We don't see some of the big mechanical failures. I mean, years ago, Dan Gurney at one point parked his car on the front stretch with something like 90 minutes to go, and he had such a big lead that the clock ran out and he pushed it the 10 feet across the finish line. You don't see that anymore. But what we got was... 23 hours and 55 minutes of sprint racing in these insane prototypes. Multiple classes had, I think four of the five classes had three or more cars on the lead lap after 24 hours. Wow. Chip Ganassi went from half a second back from claiming another Rolex to his car finishing fifth in class almost a lap down because they had to make a pit stop to change a right rear tire. It was absolutely incredible. And that was his return <laughs> to uh, endurance racing too, correct? That was Correct, yeah. They had the GT40 program that went out. I guess they took 2020 off, basically. 2019 was the last year for the GT40. They only got this car six weeks ago, I think. That's how battle proven the Acuras are. Uh, well, I mean, it was the uh, the winner too. Um, they, they just made the change from Acura not only a couple weeks ago because they finished up what Sebring, and then they went right pretty much start working right on the change to Acura. I think I heard on the correct. Right yeah, now. they uh, the Wayne Taylor Racing team has campaigned Cadillacs since Cadillac came back into DPI. They got their Acura same thing. I guess about six weeks ago. And Wayne Taylor is borderline psychotic on the preparation side of things. Um, he handles all the lettering for the cars. Mm -hmm. He puts the sponsor logos on the race cars by hand. Wow. They, they wrap it, they do the whole thing, but the car owner comes in and does that. That's how important that, that branding is to him. 
every little detail is ironed out. Um, actually, I was just pulling up the article here as you started to mention it because one of the Corvettes in GT Le Mans actually had a driver test positive for COVID during the race. Okay. So he was yanked from the car after like 17 hours or something like that. And now the whole team has had to go into quarantine and all this stuff. And they won the Rolex 24, but he doesn't get to go to victory lane to claim the trophy and take the pictures. And it just sucks. How in the hell can you test positive during the race? Like, Shouldn't you have your results back? I yes, don't know, maybe he tested positive every day car? up to this test that came back today. Oh. So they've the IMSA rule has been test every day. And every yeah. day up to today, the tests were all negative. It could be a false positive, but it's still one oh, of those yeah. where the dude spent 17 hours in the car with the team around everybody. And victory lane just goes away. It's heartbreaking. That is. Speaking of heartbreaking, the Porsches too. The boy, they have a shit start. Uh, yeah, it's it was a mess for a lot of teams. Was that GT Daytona or was that? Uh, I well, I think they had issues in both because I know the the Turner cars in GT Daytona were. They were a mess. They they should have won that race going away. Turner is by far the best funded team in GTD. They were a mess almost from the beginning. GT Le Mans, they wrecked. They didn't even get to the green flag, That's and they wrecked. The Porsche, yeah. It, that one that one was a mess. It, it was a lot of teams had issues that you don't ordinarily see. It, it was at one point. I guess it was about one o'clock in the morning. The number five Mustang Mustang sampling prototype got absolutely creamed from behind, took out one of the Porsches that was in front of them. It it was just a mess. Ordinarily stuff that you would expect to see in iRacing, we were seeing in the real world. (laughs) And and before we get off the subject of sports cars, how about the shout out to the (laughs) MX-5 race on Thursday, I guess it was. Dude was leading off of turn four, Daytona NASCAR four, and finished eighth by less than a second. I wasn't sure what I was watching when you sent that video. Was it, were we watching? That's uh, Global MX-5 Cup. That's rookie cars on iRacing. Daytona 500. Like, that's what it looked like. It looked yes. like you had, you're coming to the line for the 500. That, I, I'm a little interested now in this endurance racing type stuff now. You know, you got you got me interested in watching this, especially after some badass racing this past weekend that they've, uh, they've put yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. The, the whole Rolex 24 weekend is always incredible. But the list of names of drivers that have won an Indy 500 and a Rolex 24 is only about 12 to 15 names deep, and we added yeah. two to the list today with Elio Castroneves and uh, Alexander Rossi taking the overall win. Rossi is the driest human being on earth and a the world's <laughs> best case of resting bitch face. He makes Morgan Rochelle look like an amateur. And <laughs> oh, God, Morgan. We love you, Morgan. <laughs> She's such a sweetheart, but oh. 
the, the oh, stuff yeah, that her yeah, mom yeah. posts on Facebook <laughs> is just wonderful. Anyway, yeah, Alexander Rossi is dry, almost insufferable. He looked miserable in Victory Lane. I guarantee you the entire city of Daytona Beach is tuned up tonight on Alexander Rossi. Well, probably. He, he's, <laughs> he still has F1 in his veins a little bit. You don't oh, look happy. You don't look sad. You don't look mad. You don't. You just. You're very corporate. You're very. You know, very yeah. So, but yeah, the, I mean, the Rolex weekend was incredible, and now they're off until March. Yeah. They come back for what? Sebring. Yes. Well, it's kind of like the Laymall series. I mean, they're going to be off after Tuesday. Lucas Oil Laymalls are off till everybody. Monday. Yeah, I'm all, outside the world of outlaws. Yeah, yeah, they're the only ones that really keep going. Yeah, we're going to run out Speaking... of content to talk about. Oh, hell no. We no. <laughs> because when we're done down in um, Florida, we're racing up here, baby. It's it's racing so, season's here. It's a glorious time. Did anyone happen to see the news out of PenCan today that they're putting together their biggest purse in track history? Like a $40,000 purse for Modifieds in like August at some point, I, believe, I think I saw it was. I wonder what that's going to pay to I win. know it. I think ten to win. Because forty thousand for there. a purse, that's that's not that much if you think about but it. But we're talking ten ten, my guy. Yeah, that's a good bit. But <laughs> yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. That you know, let, small. Let me still. let me let me pop it up quick. Yeah, pull it up here. But still, forty thousand for a purse. I mean, that's. I mean. I, I guess you're just can, biggest payday in track history just released. Market calendar September twenty fifth, forty thousand dollar purse from Modifieds. Hold on, let me. September twenty fifth. Okay. Month of money, so, baby. Sorry if you hear. Uh, sorry if you hear uh, four others outside. The uh, good old idiots of my wonderful town are <laughs> tormenting the streets. Then again, back in the day, I was one of those idiots. You were one of those little hellions. <laughs> Saturday, tw- the twenty fifth. Modified. It's ten thousand sixty six to win, but it's only three hundred to take to green. Like, where's the rest of the fucking purse going? I hope it's spread out pretty decently through the field. That is a that is a big drop off t- from three hundred to take the green. Ten grand to win. Like, what the fuck? I mean, good on Pencan for putting money together, but still. I, I think we talked about this a lot, is that I, – I said about this before, is that if you're going to have these tracks and you want to have these monster purses, stop putting so top-heavy, okay? That's, yeah, pay the field. Pay the I'd field, rather see, exactly. Maybe, I'd, I'd rather, rather see, see an eight grand – even I eight grand one. for that matter. I'd rather see an eight grand to win show – and you know, a thousand to take the green. Like yeah. you're putting all this money into the fucking purse. Like, make it worth people's wiles. Yeah, I, I will say this: the purse for Lanco's ten thousand dollar to win race this year. I think with it's like a hundred or hundred and twenty five cars. It pays a thousand to start. See, now, that's great. That's, that's – now you're in the ballpark of, yeah, we're going to bring – that's a race that I can see it turning into 200 cars on the entry field really, really easily. 
you can pay heavy up front all you want. If the guy who starts last is going to see his normal paycheck, what's the point? You, you've got five cars that can compete for ten grand. Great. Wonderful. When you have these tracks that go top heavy on the purse. It, it drives me out the fucking wall. <coughs> places do this stuff. Like it's pay through the field. It'll you'll get more cars there. I feel like you know. And I think we talked about this. Like I, as Adam said here, I rather see them pay a five grand to win race, where you pay that. Uh, wait, then you pay what? Maybe like I don't know, six hundred start, five hundred start. Then at that point, but it's paying better through the field. Then it said ten grand to win, two thousand per second. Like something that gets missed a lot is qualifying cars. If you're going to sell heat races and concies as part of your show, which is what every racetrack does, you have to pay a bunch at the back of the field because then these guys are going to risk life and limb to get that last spot in the show. If you're right. going to pay yeah. 10 grand to win and you're going to pay a hundred to start, I'm not risking my car for a hundred bucks because you're not going to win 10 grand from last. No, if you're paying 10 grand, you should pay minimum 500 to start. At a least minimum and a thousand for 10, like, at least a thousand for 10. Prime, prime example. A regular Super Dirt Car Series show has paid the same amount to win for, I don't know, the last 37 years. years. Yeah. Like, come on, man. And now look what Dale's doing. Dale is going out there revolutionizing this whole pay pay structure. I mean, it's incredible what Brett's been able to do. You know, he he understands, all right, 5,000 to win. Normally it's five or was it about five hundred to start? You get a thousand for tenth or whatever. But Dale is paying so well through the field. That's why he's getting so many more cars. And these New York guys, I, I don't know why they keep settling for it. And it's the same thing with the Western PA guys too. I don't know why the hell they keep settling for it. But they almost don't have a choice if they want to go racing. And then, you know, you're you have a chance to race for more, but yet it, it's I understand why you want to say local. Because that turnpike, I talked to AJ Flick about this multiple times. It's just kicking his ass left and right with that turnpike fees that he pays. But he still comes around Port Royal because it pays better than what anywhere else does on a Saturday night. If it yeah. wasn't for, he told me multiple times that if it wasn't for the six hour tow to the Grove, he'd come out here run the Grove Friday night, but he just doesn't get off work on time to come out here. But still, it's the fact of is that there's money to be made in this sport, but yet there are so many old heads out there that aren't that are so set in their ways that they won't change and that's a problem that that's a very big problem i mean we have to get younger as the the, the promoters and the, the 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 track owners they they have to think like we do i mean yeah i'm sure we might not have the greatest of ideas on how to run a fucking racetrack because we've never been in that position well, one of us but has. in the same aspect, you know, like you, you you gotta you gotta update with the times. You know, it's the times are a changing. That's, I that's, I have railed on this, and we talked a little <clears throat> bit about it after the Chili Bowl. But you have to advertise a start time for features. You have to give yeah. the family of four an opportunity to say we're going to be at the racetrack at eight o'clock. And we're going to see features. I don't care mm-hmm. if you have to start at noon. That's not my problem. It 
If that means you can't run seven classes in a given night, if you need seven classes to make your back gate for your feature, you've got bigger problems than you could ever dream that's, of. That's and fair. we are in a market now where this is going to be really challenging on the racetracks because the immediate answer is sell a sponsor. Just sell another yeah. sponsor. I understand the racetracks that can't afford a full-time sales team. You almost have to have it in this day and age. But when you consider the fact that Coke, Pepsi, and Budweiser have all not run a Super Bowl ad this year, what does that tell you about the state of our economy that the biggest brands on the planet are foregoing the potential of hundreds of millions of eyeballs? So it's not easy. If that means you have to tell the racers you've got to take a pay cut, then so be it. That means you can't rebuild the $70,000 big block motor every five races. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to find a way to pinch pennies to get through this period that we're in now because when fa- advertisers will see the fans coming back. They will see who the most loyal fans in sports are and who values the people that support their, their passion. So if you're a mom-and-pop pizza shop, you're darn right you want to be advertising on The Hustle. You want to be advertising on our NRN broadcast because we're the cheapest thing you can get. But it doesn't change the fact that the sport has to evolve. Four classes is too many on a given night. Probably should be two, but I'll give you three. That's the biggest downfall of Big Diamond. They have put together an absolutely wonderful schedule, super diverse, but in the same aspect, is there really a need for five, six divisions? Not not on a Friday night. Especially if you have to work on a Saturday. I and I I there's not a need for, for five six. I'm I'm five okay six. if you're gonna run five divisions and if you run, run if your headliners run first. But yes. they don't start until fucking eight o'clock. No, right. They don't start anything. Until 8 o'clock. Yeah. That means if like your if you, if advertised time for division, features is midnight, kiss it goodbye. Yeah. You are if, going if to gonna, turn off the casual fan completely. Yes. If you're going to run five divisions, start hot laps at 6 o'clock. Heat races at 7. Like <laughs> Too late. Well, yeah, even for that, but still. I'll say like, on a Friday night. If you want to do that on a Friday night, that's, that's okay because – of people getting off work. But yeah. still, I mean. It doesn't what? change the fact if you start hot laps at 6 on a Friday night with seven divisions on the card, you will not turn a heat, a feature race green flag lap until after 11 o'clock. There's no possible way to do it. Yeah. The days of five, and I think we talked about this before, the days of five and six division shows, they're, they're dead. Nobody wants nobody wants to sit through that. If you want to do this on a Friday night, you run your you run your modifieds, your sportsmen's, and your roadrunners. That there's your three divi- you run your three divisions on Friday night. Your three main divisions. Then mm-hmm. you don't. I, I just don't think you need the the rest for all of them. If you're gonna have like on a night where you have late, late models there, the night super late models are there, you run the modifieds with them, or else you run. I, I think you run the modifieds with any big show you have there. 
that's just more money you're bringing into the gate. Yeah, that the modifies the modifies that big diamond are the money earner. Yeah, can can we ball. also call it like it is a lot here? How many people are in the grandstands or watching television for a Camping World Outdoor Truck Series race? How many people are in the grandstands for a NASCAR Xfinity Series race? Not like the they eyeballs used to be. are not there. The butts are not in the seats, and they give away tickets. Yeah, and that's a show that starts on time every time, and you even know about what time it's going to end. Check the TV guide yeah. before you go. Yeah. I mean, it's yep. this is not rocket surgery that we're talking about here. You have to run a condensed yeah. show, and you have to keep the family of four in mind with everything you do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the flat yeah. answer. Absolutely. My wife and kids did not go to a racetrack last year because we leave at noon, and we get home at 1, 2, 3 in the morning. That's a long day. And I, when I was yeah. working last year, I mean, they were, there were some very long days in there where, you know, you just, you, you, you still got an hour to drive home on, you know, after working, you know, till God, till four o'clock. And then you got to bust your ass to get up, up north there and then go up there till midnight or whatever. That's a long ass day. And people, I mean, though, granted, I mean, you got the show in pr fairly quickly, but still, I mean, that's, it's, it wears down on you a lot. And, you know, it's just one of the things where you got to take consideration that people don't work that Monday through Friday anymore either. I mean, that's another thing. And yeah. look what they did this week. I mean, I understand there was only one division on uh, most of these shows, except Scrabbing, which I they all sorts, I mean, they were, all sorts were still done by about 1030, which is still a nice job by them. All, I mean, they did a really nice job getting the show through. Um, but everywhere else, they were done. Uh, Lucas Oil, they were done by, if they didn't have all the yellows, they would have been done by 10 o'clock each night. I mean, that's, <laughs> can't say that one, though. Well, and if you're that's after run... qualifying 74 cars, too. You're that's a lot of qualifying in there, too. And then, But you're also started at 7 o'clock. They started at 7 o'clock each night. Uh, that, that a lot of ample time. They started at 5.30 for qualifying. That gave ample time to redo the track and be on the track for first heat at 7 o'clock. They still, if they started at seven o'clock, they had most of the shows done in about three hours. Yeah, and and, and that's the way it should be, like one hundred percent. Yeah, have, I mean, we're... have your track prep done before seven. If you're advertising heat races to be green at seven o'clock, seven o'clock, not seven o one, not seven seven uh, well, o'clock. Well, here's this is seconds. one of the things that that really gets me as a broadcast partner to racetracks. We have people that ask us, what time are the races start? Oh. The advertising we did last year was hot laps at six, racing to follow. What does that mean? If I'm a family of four, I hear racing to follow. Oh, cool. Okay, six o'clock. I'm going to see features. Nice early night. I can bring the wife, kids, have dinner at the racetrack, tailgate a little. Bang, we got a fun family night out of it. And then features are rolling off at 1030. Mm -hmm. You lost that family of four that, that sees that as a one-off. So the racetracks have to understand you have to advertise a start time. That's one of the things that made NASCAR and IndyCar explode in the 70s. 
was they decided to fit the TV window. Mm-hmm. The TV window opened at 3 o'clock. You got five minutes of talking, three minutes of commercials, national anthem, driver start your engines, go. Yeah. That's Amazing why people get all verklempt about, oh, well, the, why are the drivers in their cars during the national anthem? Because that's how you run the show. That's how we get you out of here in a decent hour. Yeah. If we say we're going green at 315, we're going green at 315. Yes. We're not doing the national anthem at 315. The cars are on the track at 315, coming around, waiting to see that green flag drop from the flag stand at 315. Not a second before, not a second after. 315. Right. Yeah, that's... That's the biggest headache of the whole thing is when you're kind of fighting yeah. the losing battles that way. Yeah. But I gentlemen, I do have to say we've put in an hour and a half here now. Should we probably <laughs> quit yapping at ourselves and let think, the viewers like go to sleep or something? I think we should. It's, it's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. It's it's Sunday fun day in the middle of a snowstorm. I mean, the hell with it. But hey, right, before you know, we go. Okay. Before we go, last topic. I'm not a Carson Macedo fan by any stretch of the imagination, but that car is beautiful. It is beautiful. <sighs> it is absolutely that, uh, that whole that uh, I know where you're going, Chris, with the monochrome and the whole fucking hey, nine okay. yards. I don't. I, I don't exactly have a problem with the monochrome. With <laughs> My problem oh, is at a dusty dirt track. How easy is it to lose a car that is black and dark gray under the often dog crap lights at these racetracks? Oh come on, we got the best we got the best lighting with the world of outlaws though. No. Shut I know. Up, the T V guys being, are going I to be being fucking suicidal. Okay? Oh my god. The the T V guys are literally gonna lose their mind trying to keep up with what black and gray car with orange yeah. trim they're looking at. Between him, Gravel, Xerophos. Uh, <laughs> Let's keep like, going. It, it's gonna. It, uh, I mean, it, it, we can throw shots into the mix with with that car. Yeah. I mean, it's not orange, but you know, they're all kind they're of all gray. They're all gonna blend yeah, in. They have a, a good reason with that, with this being his silver anniversary season. So, I I can get behind that one. So wait, is the entire World of Outlaws field just fucking with Donnie Shots at this point then? <laughs> it's a Could fucking be, possibility. You know what? I think, I think we have uh, opened a uh, conspiracy theory here, guys. Oh, I think we have. That's beautiful. Oh my god. Can, you know, can think, someone pop up the, the guy from uh, the History Channel, the aliens, and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, we, can we pop right. it, like him, have him float across the screen somewhere? I will work on that this week for Adam's conspiracy <laughs> theory of the week. There we go. Perfect. Pig, there you oh go. That's your God. project. All right. Boys, I think we've had enough. This has been a lot of fun for the last hour and a half here. Uh, any final words, Adam? Any final words? No, I'm good, I think. Maybe. Chris? <laughs> no, I, I'm good. I will say this. This has been fun. I think we should do more Sunday night bullshit sessions. Well, I tell you what, let's do it next week since uh, we'll be racing for the next week, straight week. And I think next Sunday might be the uh, next break we get. Yeah. Let's do it. That might be the next edition of the High Side Hustle. I, 
I love the idea. We can crap all over NASCAR if we want the week after that or two weeks after that. I like that. We, we can have a lot of fun watch. here. And I'm, by the way, I'm not saying I want to crap on NASCAR, but it just seems <laughs> like that's what dirt fans want. So You can't hide well. what's inside. <laughs> How about what if so our next have... one happened to be on February 14th and that Daytona 500? If you think for one second I'm going to be in any shape or form to do oh, a she, fucking you, podcast. You and those are probably going to be together watching that shit show. So, you know, yeah, well, exactly. Uh, yeah. Hi, welcome. Welcome to your How about a watch along? Room. A oh Daytona 500 watch along. Three and a half. Are we starting with the Luke Combs concert and ending with the fucking. No. Checkered flag? Or no, what? we will go with. A we'll say. Day. I'll check the, what the green flag time is because Naxxar actually publishes that to the second. Yes. It'll be like 2.15 and 18 seconds is the green flag. So If, if they don't go, if they don't go green at 2.15, 18, right. I'm signing off. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I want to bring, I want to bring this, uh, this up next week's show, but why the hell are we starting NASCAR races at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, especially Daytona 500? Television windows. Come on. You know that. I, I know it, but it still pisses me off. You want to hit the... NFL window. The West Coast. You want to hit the West Coast? I know. You, you need the West Coast a little bit, but it's more Coast. about hitting the 8 p.m. TV window for NBC. Yeah. Fox has less of an issue with it. But sure. I guarantee you they're probably going to have like Fox Sunday baseball, Sunday night baseball, or something like that that you want to tie into. It, it's about the lead in programming. A race that starts at 12 and ends at 3 is not a good TV window. No, but well, maybe I'm just a traditionalist. I don't know. Anyway, yes. So. All right, boys. I think that's a good place to let off. So yes. yeah, let's uh, let's shoot for that. I think Is we'll it... do. Uh, probably not. Yeah, anyway, you know, I'm really ready. surprised. Are we a Sunday night show now? Uh, God no. Maybe I don't know. For, for, for a couple of weeks, we will be, just because there is so much racing going on. Yeah, but in the same in the same aspect, we're not always going to have Sunday fun day in the middle of a fucking snowstorm. We can't we can't continue to use that excuse. I don't know. I think we could kind of get drunk whenever we want, but okay. I think it's a free country. I mean, it, it works for me because you know this isn't Russia. Is this Russia? Yeah, exactly. You can get you can get drunk wherever you want. Like we can go get drunk at two o'clock I mean, on a. I can't. I can't. Wednesday I can't go too hard on a fucking Sunday night. I'd have to be up for. 4 a.m. The cuss count broke, by the way, people. Anyway, all right, Bert, get out of here and take us home. All right. Well, folks, that'll do it for a very special edition of High Side Hustle here on Sunday, fun day in a snowstorm. Once again, thank you you for joining us here tonight. What's that? You forgot something. What did I forget? Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. I am getting there. Oh, where are you? Where are you going to get there? Because it seemed like you were going to skate right on by that, Bert. Don't forget about God, Patreon I, this time. I don't care what is going on outside. I will drive over to Port Carver and smack you in the head. Look, we got to take it off the air. Thanks. Anyway, so thanks for joining us here on a very special edition of High Side Hustle. Sunday, fun day in the snowstorm. Don't forget to follow us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash National Racing Network. A lot of cool stuff going on there. Also, follow us right here on Facebook at National Racing Network. Subscribe to YouTube, a National Race Network over there on YouTube. Subscribe and like this video as well. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at HighSide underscore Hustle. I'm on Twitter at uh, Burt Wojcik. 
Adam's on Twitter at Rubrite22. Follow us both on Instagram. I believe at the same. I'm at, at Bert Wojo. Adam, you're at Rubrite22, I believe, as well. Yes, By the way, sir. boys, coming up in the next yeah, week or so, we, we'll break the news tonight. We're coming to podcasts, too. You can yes. hear the hustle on podcast form. Apple, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, the whole bit. Oh, God. Well, that's going to be – this is the shit show. Wait till you hear that. You, can, you don't have to see the shit show. You can just listen to the shit show yeah. while you're driving. You don't have to, you don't have to physically see how – You don't have are. to see the shit show. You can just watch the shit show. <laughs> you can, no, you no, can no, just you listen to the all right, that's enough. That's enough for tonight. So, and I haven't been drinking. Uh, so, for Adam Rubright, producer Chris Graham, Sky Deal, wherever you are, the captain. Thanks for joining us. My name is Bert Wojcik. Keep on hustling. We'll see you guys next week on the High Side Hustle.